Despite the Government, brought to you by Tam and Buega. This podcast is a window for African entrepreneurs and innovators within Africa and all across the globe to discuss ideas towards advancing the cause of a new, vibrant Africa. Find and subscribe to Despite the Government wherever you get your podcast. This is Despite the Government's podcast. Enjoy this episode. Hello and thank you for finding the Despite the Government podcast. Always glad to bring this to you every now and then. Our guest today is Stephen Oyedemi, Operations Director at Ominira Initiative, a freedom organization based in Ibadan, Nigeria. Thank you, Stephen, for joining us at this time. Uh, thank you so much, Samuega, for having me. Uh, my pleasure to be here. So we'll just try to do a review of the Freedom in Nigeria conference, FinCon, that was recently held in Ibadan, hosted and put together by your organization, doing amazing work over the years, reporting on the state of freedom in Nigeria and in Africa. Uh, so tell us, what was the motive behind organizing the Freedom in Nigeria conference, FinCon 2022, uh, which is the first of its kind? Uh, in fact, I should congratulate you on the success of this event. But really, what was the motive and how did this come about? Uh, thank you very much for uh, for that uh, intro, for that background. Uh, we are happy and glad to have been able to organize the first edition of this conference this year, Freedom in Nigeria conference. And uh, basically, uh, we thought of having this conference uh, because we understand that uh, freedom in Nigeria is something that is very important. Uh, freedom itself is important uh, for creating prosperity in the country. Um, in its different dimensions, we understand that people need freedom in the individual sense, in the economic sense, in the political sense. And to a large extent, that is lacking in our society. So we thought that you know, having a project, including this conference, will help us to uh, drive our society in the direction of greater freedom. Uh, the theme of, of this conference was trade, entrepreneurship, and economic freedom. And we look at those words, uh, they are particularly geared towards uh, facilitating trade in, in the country, improving the landscape of entrepreneurship, and promoting economic freedom. So we thought that Having this one-day conference, uh, our aim basically was to facilitate an environment for entrepreneurs and experts from the media, academia, and civil society to basically dialogue on pressing economic barriers in the country and propose solutions, practical solutions uh, for us to move forward. So that was basically the, the motivation uh, for having this conference. And to that extent, it was a success. We had uh, representatives from the Nigerian Export Promotion Council. We had Academics from the Nigerian Institute of Social and Economic Research, from the, United, uh, from the University of Ibadan, Department of Economics, where people from the civil society and people from the media. So it's a lot of success. Yeah, amazing stuff. Speaking about the organization and putting this together, your outfit is based in Ibadan. So uh, I'm guessing it might not be easy to have the entire Nigerian society represented. But I'd like to believe that the discourse still focused on Nigeria as an entity, uh, the attendees and the speakers, the panelists. How were you able to bring them together? Would you say the discussions touched on the generality of the Nigerian business and social ecosystem? Well, I, I'll say that uh, most of the issues that affect entrepreneurs, for example, uh, in 
a part of the country, also affect entrepreneurs in other parts of the country. Uh, for example, an entrepreneur in Port Harcourt practically faces the same issues with an entrepreneur in Kano. Uh, for the representation, we, we were able to, you know, have people from different parts of the country. Uh, of course, we had more people from the Southwest because, of course, it would be easier for participants to come from uh, nearby locations than for some to come from faraway places. And that's the reason why we hope that subsequent editions will not uh, be in the same city as the first. Uh, we plan to have uh, subsequent editions of conference in different parts of the country. So, too, we are inclusive in that sense. Uh, we basically have people that you can say are from the northern part of the country, as part of our speakers from the southeastern part of the country, speakers from the southwestern part of the country. So, we practically factored that in to uh, the, the whole thing so we can ensure that we are inclusive in that sense. So I would say, so uh, it wasn't easy because Lagos and Abuja to large extent are like in two centers in the country, the economic center and the political center. But of course, there are other cities that are inclusive that are becoming more and more popular. And in fact, when you look at a lot of statistics, you see that Ibadan is like second or third in, in many regards. For example, number of radio stations in Nigeria, it has a second after Lagos. Number of tech startups, it is after Lagos, even before Abuja. So yeah, the city is really growing and, and I'm sure that uh, there's a lot that's gonna happen in this city uh, moving forward. And yes, I quite agree that Ibadan is a good representation of the rest of the country and a large percentage of the Southwest. The first university in the country, the Premier University, the University of Ibadan, among other features of the city, you know. But let's talk about the theme of the conference, trade, entrepreneurship and economic freedom. How would you describe the quality of the conversation around this topic? Are we talking about it enough, you know, prior to this conference? Are you satisfied with the general and nuanced conversations around economic freedom? Are the stakeholders and policy heads around the country aware of what they should know, in your view. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say that we are not talking well enough about uh, the issues uh, that affect us as a people, especially in, in with regards to our economy. Uh, of course, we, we talk so much about politics, we, we talk about some other basic social issues, but when, 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 when we look at those very economic issues that affect us, the understanding, general public understanding is not very good. Um, and that was one of the things that the conference aims to, to, to change by advancing discourse around uh, entrepreneurship and economic freedom. Yes, we, we still have a lot of conversations about entrepreneurship, but there are those foundational, fundamental economic issues that uh, we really don't talk enough about. Uh, for example, look at the fact that uh, was that in August that uh, Emirates was going to leave the country because of the forex crisis. I, I think we don't talk enough about the forex forex crisis. For example, uh, initially we could use uh, Naira debit cards to, to do foreign transactions right here in Nigeria, um, but so at a point that it was reduced to hundred dollars. Then earlier this year, or late last year, I think it was reduced to twenty dollars. Some banks right now. Have basically scrapped, you know, the use of Naira debit cards for for international transactions. So we really don't talk enough about these these things. These are things that should actually trend that people should, you know, talk about, talk to their representatives about, talk to their 
legislators, legislators about. Uh, we don't see much of that kind of discourse, and that's one of the things we're trying to put forward, that these issues that affect us economically, that affect trade, for example, the African continental free trade, uh, we're not yet seeing much from the Nigerian you know, side. And I learned just a few days ago that Kenya and Ghana are already trading uh, through the African continental free trade platform. So uh, it's like we are really good driving as a country, and we need to you know, talk more about those economic issues, those economic barriers that, that are present in our country. Because when you remove those barriers, it leads to prosperity for people. And you know, prosperity is like uh, like a chain reaction. The more prosperity we create, the more prosperous people you know, get to be in the society. So of course, we're not talking enough about these things and we really need to talk more about them. So how do we shift the course? There is the media, there is the academia, there is a section of the business literati who organize seminars and workshops on the topic of entrepreneurship and innovation and all that stuff. I would say there has to be some kind of harmonization of those different pockets. So how do you think we can harmonize and get all the thinking heads to push for reforms, possibly in a way that can advance economic freedom and prosperity? Yes, uh, of course, we, we see a lot of uh, trainings and entrepreneurship courses, activities and, and uh, workshops and trainings. You know, so uh, those are good in their, you know, in their very sense. They are okay. Uh, but when we talk about the issues that, that we confront as a people, uh, economy-wise, uh, we see we see some of these conversations in mainstream media, but I, I feel they are not as deep as they should be. Uh, so we, I mean, one of the things that we've done at the media initiative now is to is to bring these conversations to the to the forefront uh, by bringing together academics. Uh, but I think also that you know having the very uh, having media at the at the forefront is very important because media does a lot of work in, in propagating information. So uh, involving the media to a large extent, I, I think is very important uh, to, to drive those conversations and uh, connect the people to the authority so, such that people can hear their opinions, uh, hear their views about uh, solving some of those problems. And uh, it's, I, I think that's basically the effective pathway to, to that. Um, there's also the important role think tanks have to play uh, in, in, you know, pushing for for reforms, for economic reforms. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have so much of that yet. Our society is still quite basic in so many ways, so we've not yet recognized or appreciate the important role of think tanks in in uh, driving uh, some of these some of these changes. I would say, for example, in the uh, in, in the freedom, economic freedom of the world uh, report that was that was released last month, uh, Nigeria was categorized as being in the third quarter of the whole whole report. Nigeria was 92nd out of 165 countries, uh, and and we had a, we had an economic freedom score that was 6.7. Uh, basically, we are not we are not really doing very well. But these are some of the statistics that you know think tanks, organizations like uh, the one I work. We put forward and basically show us how we performed over say the last five years. So we see that really uh, there's work to be done for us to to move in the direction of greater economic freedom. I know 
economic freedom that we're talking about has major components, uh, like the rule of law, you know, those are things that size of governments, legal system and property rights, some of these things may, might be vague, so they might not be very interesting to the ordinary people, but these are the really real key areas uh, that the organizations look at before they say, oh, this is the ranking of this country, and we're currently not doing very well. So we can still look at this particular area, these are areas we need to do well for us to become more economically free. And of course, we know the benefits of economic freedom. People have you know, greater choice, there's, there's more varieties of products in the market at, at cheaper rate, competitive rates. This gives people more varieties and you know, this prosperity, job creation and all of that. So, of course, uh, there's so much work to be done and, and I'm very hopeful that uh, in the coming years, we'll gradually move on the direction of economic freedom. So let's talk about the first panel that was held at the conference, uh, Assessment of Nigeria's Business Environment and Required Reforms. You moderated this session, which had Feyishadi Adeyemi, founder of Charlie Institute, uh, Adeyemi Ojekunle, and Sami Abiodun. Could you just do a recap of that session? By the way, all the panel sessions and keynote speeches at the FinCon are available on Ominira Initiative's YouTube channel. You can check them out to fully digest those conversations. But Stephen, please do a recap of that session. What is the general overview and specific high points of that panel? So the first panel basically uh, looks at uh, the business environments in, in Nigeria. Uh, we, we looked at a number of uh, issues as regards what doing business is today in Nigeria. Uh, earlier, I mentioned about the, the ban on the use of Naira debit card. We, we looked at that and the impacts for small businesses, people involved in you know buying stocks online, maybe even students they need ebooks. Uh, people need to pay for their website subscriptions and a lot of other things. We looked at how that very policy is affecting small businesses. Uh, we also looked at uh, forex prices and how uh, Emirates Airlines was almost leaving the country and how investors are being discouraged from coming into the country. So basically, at, at the end of that panel session, we were able to say, look, these are some of, we were able to come up with a number of recommendations, including the fact that there's a need to to uh, kind of bring out a solution in the, in the forex, for the forex crisis, uh, such that it's market-driven, uh, so, so that we can encourage investors also, we were, were able to recommend uh, to relevant authorities of the need to make the Naira debit cards usable uh, to open trade, uh, for open trade, you know, to open Nigeria to trade. Uh, there's, there's no benefits of, of closing the country uh, from trade. We also recommended adoption of uh, African consumer free trade area tariff uh, reduction and removal of non-tariff barriers. Uh, so those were just basically some of the recommendations that came out of that of that panel session. Uh, those were the required reforms. But assessing Nigeria's business environment, of course, everyone knows that uh, the challenges an average uh, business person is facing today, the you know still same issues that, that were faced some years ago: lack of power supply, multiple calculations, and, and all of that. So basically, that was that was what the first panel session uh, did. Now, I'd like to talk about the keynotes delivered by a professor from the Department of Economics at the University of Ibadan, 
uh, Let's speak a bit on that theme we already mentioned, and that's trade, entrepreneurship, and economic freedom in Nigeria. But before that, can you identify some challenges that we can say are peculiar to Nigeria and are the reasons we have some of these drawbacks and obstacles, the exchange rates and monetary policy, for instance, you know, uh, these systemic problems that we can attribute this situation to in a way that it might be tough uh, for business reforms to scale through if we don't fix those systemic issues, issues like import to export ratio. We don't produce a lot here. So do you acknowledge these issues and they are important in the economic freedom discourse. Yes, primarily uh, when a country imports much more than its exports, that will have a huge impact on its on the value of its currency. And uh, for now, at least for several years, we've basically been exporting uh, petroleum, crude oil, uh, which accounts for over eighty percent of government uh, of forex earnings and over fifty percent of government revenue. Uh, and when you have issues with the crude oil in the international markets, it has a direct impact on, on our economy. And in fact, there's also the crude oil tax, uh, which, which means we're not even getting the full benefits of, uh, of the fact that we have oil. Uh, so basically, the, the conversation has always been that we need to diversify our economy away from oil into, into technology. I, I think we are doing a bit of that now, uh, but it, it needs to be well formalized so, such that you know, the country, the economy can with benefits of, of you know, technology or digital technology. Uh, a lot of things are happening in the digital technology space now that uh, I can see that the benefits are not really coming to the country. Yes, uh, into diversifying into agriculture as well. Education, for example, right now takes a lot of money out of Nigeria. I mean, you can imagine uh, billions of naira that, that Nigerians take abroad to study. And uh, we could have been exporting education instead of importing it in, in this sense. We could, have, we could have built very great universities and attract students from other African countries or even beyond. That, that, that would bring forex into our economy. So, I mean, there's, there's no silver bullet to this, but we are not getting a lot of things right yet. Uh, until we start to get things right, uh, I, I don't see uh, our currency getting stronger, uh, you know, in, 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 this, in the way that we would desire it to be. Uh, so we generally, I mean, the general mentality of, of Nigerians more socialist than capitalist. So we need we need to have more and more of our people see the benefits of a market economy uh, because this is what has worked in, in most most advanced countries in Australia, in in, in the United States, in Canada. Most of the countries that many of us desire to be in today, they've been basically market-driven economies for decades. So this is what works. Even China. How to actually you know go the direction of a market-driven uh, economy, even though in the political sense it's not really free, but in the in the economic sense they'll be able to bring reforms in the markets in, in their economy. So, I mean that's that's one thing that's very important beyond the short term. Yeah. Now back to the keynotes on Professor Lawali Ugunkola. What would you say was his prime submission on that topic, and some takeaways from his address? Well, Professor Lawali. Ukola was speaking, he, he asked the question, uh, he asked the audience the question that is it wrong for someone to, to smuggle something into the country or smuggle something out of the country? Uh, and people answer, several people with different, different people with different opinions. 
uh, basically. Uh, and you know, it made us realize that smuggling itself will continue to happen as long as there are the, the economic motivations are there. So, in a sense, people will trade across borders as long as there is the motivation for them to do that, even if it's in a legal product. Now, he's not saying or he's not encouraging that kind of thing, but you know, he he, he made us understand that. What many people describe as economic saboteurs, uh, people who are engaging in illicit activities, would be as a result of harsh economic realities. So he, he said that if policies are right uh, and the environment, the business environment is right, people will, would do better doing the right thing and they would not venture into things that are, that are illegal in that sense uh, because there wouldn't be much motivation for, for such things. I mean, look at imported rice, for example, or imported frozen food. Well, Nigeria has banned the importation of frozen food, the importation of rice. Yes, look at the last few years, the cost of rice has you know, increased steadily. We claim that we are producing a lot of rice, but that is not true. If we are producing a lot of rice, then why are people still importing? Because, you know, it will be available and it will be affordable. It's because we don't have enough of that's why people are interested. But I mean, people want people want to afford something that is good and that's also affordable. So affordability is also an issue. So people see products that are affordable, they want to bring it into the economy because they know people are going to buy. So that was that was one major thing I took away from from Professor Mukala's Mukala's um, lecture, uh, and that mm. was that was that was a great one. So open borders, free markets, free trade, etc. Hopefully we're able to see more of that in the very near future. And then um, the second panel was on fintech. Uh, guests were Boyi Olanriwaju, Folarin Daniel Adeboye and Ulumide Omotosho, uh, moderated by Kayode Babarinde. Topic is fintech and how to improve SME growth. Fintech in Nigeria has been growing evidently over the last few years. Uh, in fact, I wonder sometimes if it could become too much and uh, the ecosystem gets oversaturated. We've seen some mergers and some sort of decline for crypto-based fintech platforms, largely due to the global deep in that sector. But tell us about the mode of the discussion held by this panel, highlights on how SMEs can find solutions. Okay, so this, this panel session basically uh, explored the, the innovations uh, and fintech solutions that are currently existing in Nigeria to and that can help to improve SME growth. And uh, one one major thing that uh, takeaway one major takeaway from this panel session is that there are lots of innovations in the in the Nigerian market already, uh, both homegrown and foreign innovations that SMEs can tap into and leverage. To, I mean, leverage for goods. Uh, unfortunately, awareness is uh, is a problem because a lot of SMEs have challenges that their that technology already exists for you know to solve. So awareness is the major thing. Uh, and for example, in terms of payments, we were able to realize from that panel session that despite the fact that there are a lot of payments solutions. There is, there are still the market is there, so there's still room for even more. You know, it's a, it's a market economy, so 
the, the more the variety, the better for the for the consumers. And we're also able to realize that, that Nigeria has one of the fastest payments in the world. Like when you, when you make uh, an e-payment now, it's like a few seconds has arrived. Uh, it's, that's not the case in, in a lot of countries. So I think probably there are there are laws or, or policy laws basically that uh, allows that uh, to to be achievable. But of course, uh, we're able to realize that Nigeria is doing quite well in the, in the fintech space uh, with innovations for SMEs, uh, but awareness is still a major you know, holdback. Uh, and that, that's where uh, we can hope that SMEs can, can you know, look out for, for those solutions and utilize them accordingly. That's interesting. Uh, good stuff. Let's take a break from FinCon and talk about Ominira and the work that the team is doing. I'm aware that your platform is on YouTube with videos churned out every week, uh, also articles and think pieces on the topic of freedom that people can learn from. Can you just further highlight the different sections that your work and advocacy is focused on? Okay, uh, so uh, basically over the last few years, uh, we've been working to increase our public understanding of, of uh, economic issues primarily. Uh, we do our work to research and advocacy uh, to, to advance freedom in these different dimensions in Nigeria, in the political sense, the economic sense, in the individual sense. And uh, one of our key areas uh, of work is uh, on Minera TV, as you mentioned. We have a YouTube channel uh, where we have lots of videos, interviews, uh, street views, uh, where we have conversations with people on the streets about pressing issues in the society and get public opinions on them. Uh, so, I mean, we've also, uh, we have a lot of articles on our website, uh, topical, topical issues. Uh, this year we started a project called Free Trade Nigeria. Uh, so you can find that at freetradenigeria.com uh, where we basically uh, promote uh, trade, free trade entrepreneurship and a better business environment in Nigeria. So, I mean, you can find that on freetradenigeria.com. Uh, we've received support from a number of organizations, foundations, uh, from the Initiative for African Trade and Prosperity, uh, based in the UK, from the Advanced Network, based in the US, and several other individuals uh, based in Nigeria and abroad who, who have seen our work as important. And uh, because of that, also, this is pretty much the first Freedom in Nigeria conference. Maybe other people may have attempted this one time before, uh, but I think it's highly commendable that Omira was able to put this together on this scale. Uh, but by any chance, did you try to find out if there's a history or some type of gathering on this topic? Uh, if there were recommendations or any tangible record of ideas generated on the topic of freedom and liberty? Yeah, actually, I uh, actually did a little bit of research uh, some months ago. Uh, if there has been any conference-like kind of gathering, you know, with the kind of name Freedom in Nigeria uh, conference, uh, but I I didn't find any. Although I wasn't really that committed to that finding because I, I mean I had a lot of work on my hand, but uh, there might have been gathering that you know that stood for freedom or you know, good governance in the, in the, in the, in the economic freedom sense, but 
I just didn't find any. Uh, sure, there were there are several guardians that are focused on freedom, maybe uh, freedom of information or uh, freedom of uh, expression. But for, for the kind of name that kind of comprehensive freedom in Nigeria, I, I didn't quite find any. So uh, I, can, I can conveniently say this is the first freedom in Nigeria comprehensive, comprehensive uh, gathering that, that looks at freedom in a national sense. Great. So let's move to another session held during the conference, and it's about the Africa Continental Free Trade Agreement, the AFCFTA. That topic continues to get a lot of rave and buzz. Um, how would you describe the progress made? Where are we on the subject? And what was the center of the AFCFTA panel at FinCon? Okay. So basically, uh, that panel session looked at Nigeria in the AFCFTA uh, opportunities and challenges. Uh, so we we had basically two speakers on that panel session, one from the Nigerian Institute of Social and Economic Research and the other from the Nigerian Export and Export Promotion Council. Uh, they were able to make us understand that there are, there's a lot of opportunities for Nigeria in the African continental free trade area. Uh, you remember that after that agreement was signed, uh, Nigeria basically took time before signing. I thought at the point, it was, I think, Nigeria and Eritrea uh, that hadn't signed the agreement. Uh, and then the food drugs, the food drugs for long before ratifying that agreement. Uh, you know, Nigeria closed the border, land borders in, in 20. 19 of them rights, and uh, we the the AFCFC was you know, going into force in early 2021, and it was at the end of towards the end of 2020 that Nigeria realized that <laughs> we were not going into the AFCFTA that we are signatories to uh, with our land borders closed. So it was I think November December of 2020 that we now opened the borders, but despite you know the Consider free trade being enforced. Nigeria hasn't really you know, made a lot of. Uh, Nigeria hasn't really been committed to that that uh, free trade area. We're not yet maximizing it yet. There are a lot of opportunities. That's what uh, we are made to understand. This figure from the NEPC uh, talks about how exporters can easily register their business, uh, how they are working to encourage exporters to export to other African countries. According to us, they are making it easy, and uh, they they've created you know the platform to encourage business people to export to other African countries. I really hope that we can businesses can leverage this opportunity to, I mean, to grow and contribute to the economy. Interesting. Let's talk a bit about leadership, uh, because a lot of this can be fast tracked with adequate management and leadership. Could you speak on the impact of leadership at different levels on attaining free trade and economic freedom at national and state state levels, for instance? Especially now that we're close to elections, are we planning to bring people who have these ideas into office, whether in executive or legislative capacity? so that the conversation around enterprise can find a good place in the next dispensation. Okay. Uh, you know, there's a leadership philosophy that, that states that everything rises 
uh, everything rise and falls on leadership. So the the leadership of any society matters a lot in the outcomes, uh, economic or otherwise, of that society. So in Nigeria today, don't have that very quality leadership that uh, would need to move forward in many aspects. Uh, but I mean, 2023 presents another opportunity for us to, to do the right thing. And uh, it's good that we our electoral system is much better than it's ever been. Uh, we've seen the electoral reforms that uh, now kind of assures us that people's votes count to a large extent. Uh, and that's why we see a lot of these people now scrambling for people's votes, trying to you know impress the electorates to consider them in the coming election. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, much of our discourse has been on the federal government, has been on the center. Uh, yes, we we are, we are a federal. Uh, we we are, we operate a, a federal system, uh, which means that basically we should be more focused on uh, our regions or our states. So I, I really desire to see that uh, more Nigerians will be more interested in what happens in their states in terms of their state governor who, who represents them at the state's House of Assembly. Uh, as they are interested in who, who becomes a senator or who becomes a president. I think doing that will help us to uh, be able to achieve better you know, uh, governance. It will help us achieve good governance. I mean, if we have a good President, and we don't have good governors or good uh, representatives in the states, who won't see much, much uh, development. So, I mean, my 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 key my key focus here uh, would be that we should we should be more we should be as interested in who becomes our our states elect, uh, elected officials as we have, but who becomes a president, senator, and um, you know federal federal representatives. Just as an addition to that, do you see the possibility of states being less dependent on funds from the federal government? Uh, is it possible for an oil state to exist like a concentric circle out of uh, the general reality of the federal system? Say a river state doing better than other states in deploying better free market policy frameworks uh, than other states. Can we somewhat exist in isolation to the federal government? Well, that is the future, and that is the future that a lot of people are advocating for in the form of, uh, uh, what do we call this again, in, in, in the form of uh, restructuring, uh, because decentralization is the future, and we, we cannot run away from it. We have to, each state will have to determine its future beyond just being part of the country. How soon we are going to achieve that, I don't know, but uh, it is a thing, it's the direction that we have to go to. For example, right now, we see rankings such as uh, the uh, the fiscal fiscal responsibility ranking from Bojaisi Foundation. So basically, ranks states in terms of their fiscal sustainability. So some states are much more fiscally sustainable than others. <laughs> so the same way we are supposed to be able to see states that say, oh, we want to attract more investors, we want to see. Uh, more businesses boom in our state, and we're going to put in place reforms and you know, laws that will encourage that. Unfortunately, uh, that's not the situation, and that's not the structure we have now because a lot of powers, you know, is still in the in the center in Abuja. So, you know, it's a kind of trickle down thing that what is the laws that are passed in Abuja kind of just applies to the to the entire country, to all the states, irrespective 
So that's what we still practice to that extent. But you know, we need to keep pushing for that reform. Uh, the, the restructuring that allows these to be more independent and determine their future. Uh, I hope one day we can have something like the freedom, uh, a freedom in Nigeria rankings, one thing that we're looking at as an initiative, uh, such that we can say, oh, this state is the most economically free in Nigeria. Can you just imagine, like, this, this is the freest state in Nigeria. This what kind of ranking? So that people can now see competition between states in the form of who we want to rank it in the, the freedom in Nigeria index. So, so that's 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 just something. Freedom in terms of economic freedom. Uh, having leaders that are more inclined towards markets. Right? Unfortunately, many times people want handouts. They want uh, uh, more socialist uh, socialist kind of solutions to programs. You know, populist kind of solutions that just promises things that are unrealistic. Uh, usually, we've seen that does usually work out at the end. So we can just hope that uh, the mentality of the entire society will gradually change. Uh, so this one relates to the last panel session moderated by Omolola Folabi. Guests included Moses Adeni, Olufemi Aiki, Abisola Olaya, and they talked about starting and growing a business in Nigeria. The things that come to mind with this topic are electricity, infrastructure, access roads, etc. some of these things, right? What are the prospects of private sector-led initiative for solutions and innovation that can help small businesses thrive? So, um, actually, the panel session uh, was about starting and growing a business in Nigeria. And uh, the panelists basically shared their stories about you know, overcoming the challenges that they face as part of their business and, and all of that. Uh, basically, of course, we know that there are lots of challenges that businesses have to face, and uh, there are some that are in the in the duty of governments to solve, uh, whereas some are for the entrepreneurs themselves to solve. But looking beyond what the entrepreneurs themselves are meant to solve, uh, when we look at the major problems facing businesses today, uh, we can we can become a society that has. The private sector are the forefront. Uh, there are lots of problems that we know that the private sector can more effectively solve than the government. Uh, we, for electricity, for example, we're, we're already seeing uh, independent power producers across the country that that supply energy to maybe rural or rich areas or even neighborhoods in the city. Uh, people supply electricity to industrial and commercial entities in, in large amounts and they, you know, they have their arrangements, long-term power purchase you know, agreements. These are some of the solutions that we are seeing already. And uh, of course, you know, as I as I said, the, the private sector really needs to, to take the front seats when we talk about uh, solving the, the biggest issues that we have. Uh, the government has proven us to be effective uh, in, in terms of problem solving. And interestingly, we have lots of success stories of how people are, are doing restore despite all, all the hindrances, despite all the barrier, despite uh, the inefficiency and the sensitivity of governments in many regards. So, I mean, these, those are success stories, these are good stories that entrepreneurs uh, can find inspiration in. Uh, and knowing very well that uh, while we await reforms and changes in our society, 
uh, which will usually be long term, uh, we can still find a way to, to succeed uh, by leveraging private solutions to some of these programs. I guess this is a good place to wrap up. Please plug your social media handles for those who may want to find you or your work. You can engage with us at Luminar Initiative uh, on uh, Facebook, same on Twitter, and on Instagram at Omenera HQ, at Omenera HQ. Uh, on our, our YouTube channel, Omenera TV, as I mentioned earlier, you can just search Omenera TV on YouTube and you find uh, you know, lots of our video contents have been produced and published. Uh, so myself, I'm at SKOEDM on Twitter and Instagram, SKOEDM. So you can I absolutely appreciate your time for this interview on Despite the Government podcast. Thank you, Stephen Oyedemi, Operations Director at Ominera Initiative. All the links uh, will be available in the show notes so people can uh, find and relate to uh, your works. And wish you all the best going forward with the work that Ominera Initiative is all about. Thank you again for joining us. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Luga, for having me. My name is Buiga. We'll see you next time on a fresh episode of Despite the Government Podcast. Bye now.